I'm Chris Reback. This is Call In. With Dr. Alexandria White, we discuss business leadership in our time of social change, when to call in, when to call out, and how to build sustainable business value today. Today's topic, are women managers burning out? Before our conversation, though, an ask from us to you. We hope you like these call-in conversations, and if so, we'd appreciate if you'd take a moment, go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, and if you're so moved, leave a five-star review. The ratings really matter. They go a long way to helping other people find the podcast. Our show is brought to you by Clayton Dubalier and Rice, which is committed to a more diverse and inclusive future. Let's call in. Hi, Dr. White. Great to talk with you. Hello, Chris. How are you? I am doing well. Can we talk burnout today? Definitely. Let's get into it. The annual Women in the Workplace report by McKinsey and LeanIn.org recently came out. They surveyed 423 organizations and 65,000 employees, and it captured the headlines. One of them from Fortune, flexibility isn't the easy burnout fix employers think it is. An online publication called Protocol was more blunt. Men are dropping the ball at work. New study shows women do more emotional labor. Alex, we'll go through some of the main points, but here's the first one. And I'm quoting here from the report. Women are even more burned out than they were a year ago. And burnout is escalating much faster among women than men. Four in 10 women have considered leaving their company or switching jobs. And high employee turnover in recent months suggests that many of them are following through. Fortune notes 42% of women say they often or almost always feel burned out. Alex, let's start with the big picture. Were you surprised by the report? Because I'm able to interact with a lot of women at companies, organizations, and universities, I was not surprised by the report. Being a consultant working with women in organizations and companies, I'm hearing their stories. Mm. about being burned out. Women are often tasked with the second shift. There's lots of reports from Pew Research. Women are often tasked with being responsible for domestic duties. In addition to the domestic duties, they're a professional. Sometimes they're parents. And sometimes they're responsible for dealing with aging parents. So the, the report, roles just get layered one on top of each other. Every time. Those intersectionalities yeah. contribute to the statistics that you just mentioned, Chris. I'm sensing that your reaction is the news is shocking, but not surprising. You're not surprised by it. Correct. Not at all. So Alex, one key part of the report and one of the prime drivers of the burnout was around emotional support. Again, here, I'm going to quote from the report itself. Compared to men in similar positions, women managers are consistently doing more to promote employee well-being including checking on team members, helping them manage workloads, and providing support for those who are dealing with burnout or navigating work-life challenges. Protocol reported senior leaders who identify as women were 60% more likely to provide emotional support to their teams, 24% more likely to ensure their team's workload is manageable, and 26% more likely to help team members navigate work-life challenges. Alex, women from this study are doing much more of the lifting, if not the heavy lifting, around emotional well-being in the workplace. Alex, why is that emotional work necessary? To exaggerate the point, 
why is managing employees' emotional well-being part of the responsibility of managing employees? The emotional work is important for the overall aspect of the business. The practice of being aware of what's going on with your women, even your men, is part of retaining people. Emotional work entails navigating work-life challenges, navigating this pandemic, navigating extra duties that have been caused by this pandemic. Well, guess where the great resignation is coming from? It's got a lot to do with that extra emotional work and companies turning a blind ear to it. According to a November 2021 article, 4.4 million Americans left their job in September 2021. Now let's talk about the women aspect of that. One in four women have thought about leaving their jobs. This is a reaction to doing things the old way in the workplace. People are leaving companies that are not employee-centered. They are not understanding the extra emotional work that is going on in their homes, their communities, and their offices. Companies have to be open to flexible work arrangements, inclusive workspaces, and competitive pay. In this day and age, Chris, mental health and emotional well-being is a part of keeping people at their jobs. Senior leaders, CEOs, HR directors, they have to understand that empathy is connected to understanding that emotional well-being in work. Another way potentially to think about it, and I'm asking you if you agree that this is accurate, is implementing an active approach towards maintaining emotional well-being is a comparative advantage. Is it fair to say that for managers, leaders, CEOs who might want to bring back the good old days, would an argument to them be, you might not agree with it, but do you agree with the idea that you need to maintain a competitive advantage? And in a highly mobile, highly opportunistic work environment, you'll lose the employees to the companies that do offer those capabilities. Exactly. There is a shortage of workers. So you can either get on board or you will be left behind. And there are companies that are increasing signing bonuses. I am an avid Starbucks drinker. I thought that that energy was just natural. That's not natural, Alex. (laughs) You buy that energy in a cup? I I did not know that. Every day. Secrets out. So I am in the drive-thru and Starbucks has this huge sign that says competitive pay. It makes good business sense. Starbucks offers educational reimbursement. It allows its partners, its employees to earn a bachelor's degree with 100% tuition coverage coaching, counseling, and advising. Domino's in my town, I live in a college town, $600 signing bonus to drive for a pizza company. And so if you don't become aware of these extra things, these underlying things for your employees, you're going to lose them. People are no longer looking at jobs as a means to an end. People are looking at them as parts of their identity and how they show up at work and how this job can impact them overall. And so I completely agree. You will be left behind and you will have an employee shortage. You know, Alex, you're reminding me of a parallel or a related point. My exact facts on this history might be slightly off, but health insurance benefits are part of the workplace because of a similar set of situations after World War II. As an additional benefit to attract labor, companies started to offer health insurance. Beating the competition is old school. And if you want to keep your best employees, this is kind of part of the table stakes. 
And for clarification, I wanted to make sure I give Starbucks their kudos. They have parental leave, education. One that really stood out to me was commuter benefit and partner assistance. Let's repeat that, partner assistance. And so if you have someone, they didn't say spouse or husband, they said partner assistance. And so there you go. It's right there. And that you have got to attract employees based on what you know is going on during this time. Let's move to a topic that may be even closer to your heart and mind than Starbucks is, Alex. (laughs) Diversity, equity, and inclusion. The report finds, compared to men at their level, women leaders are up to twice as likely to spend substantial time on DEI work that falls outside their formal job responsibilities, such as supporting employee resource groups, organizing events, and recruiting employees from underrepresented groups. They are also more likely than men to take allyship actions such as mentoring women of color, advocating for new opportunities for them, and actively confronting discrimination. Alex, how does this gap get addressed? The gap gets addressed by bringing this to the forefront of the conversation. We know it's happening. Senior level men need to know what to do. I don't think they're oblivious, but they need those action steps. So I do believe giving resources, the upside written by my business partners, Diane Flynn and Patty White, talks about intentional practices that these senior level men can do. It's not rocket science, but it's these intentional things that they can do to lessen the gap. You talked about ERGs. We're working right now with a client who has just started a parent caregiver ERG. Simple, tons of collegiality, tons of examples. This is what's happening in my neighborhood. This is what's happening to me as a woman who is a mother at the company. Sharing the stories, creating the support, identifying tactics, skills, that sort of thing. There you go. The upside also mentioned having mentorship and sponsorship programs. Having these programs for women to talk to other women or men about all of the things that are going on. Intersectionality, emotional work, being put on D, E, and I committees, all of those. And then finally, we know that many people leave companies because they are overworked and overlooked. And so the upside talks about an aspect of executive coaching. You know, I thought when I was coached or my supervisor said, Alex, we want someone to speak with you and help you hone in on your professional development. I felt so honored. And that gave me a sense of loyalty to the company. And we just mentioned, right? People are leaving company. Yes. That great resignation. And so if I provided an executive coach, because I'm a high achieving woman. Wow. They really do see me. Might be a little bit overworked, but at least they see me. And that can build a little bit of loyalty to help with the great resignation or reduce the great resignation at your company. Alex, we all know how companies like metrics. However, Protocol wrote, while the report found that companies say they value employee well-being and mental health, most have not found ways to measure and reward the people who are doing the work in that area. 87% of companies reported that it is very or extremely critical that managers support employee well-being, and yet only 25% formally recognize this work with a substantial amount or great deal in places like performance reviews and compensation. An almost identical pattern held true, protocol rights for people doing extra work for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Alex, if you don't measure it, 
does that mean you don't really care about it? And as well, if you don't measure it, are you truly committed to financially compensating for the work? Chris, what gets measured gets done. Mm. Putting budgets, financially compensating for this work is how you move the needle. I have to bring up ERGs. There are companies that are paying ERG leads. Why? Because it's work. It's not other duties as a sign. It's actually emotional work that ERG leads have to do because some BRG or ERG at companies could be two to 3,000 people. And so companies have decided we're going to financially compensate because we know that it's extremely critical to support those leads that are trying to build a more inclusive company. According to a newly released book, How to Close the Gender Gap by Colleen Ammerman and Boris Groisberg, there are seven indicators on how companies can measure what they're doing, seeing how things are going, what needs to be done, and the proof that it's working. Attracting, making sure that women are on hiring committees. Number two, the hiring process, making sure that it's inclusive and welcoming, integrating them into the company. One of those is hey, there is a women-specific ERG that we'd like to let you know about. Or we have a daycare reimbursement. That's integration and developing them. I just spoke about it. Executive coaching, mentor and sponsorship programs, assessing performance. Let's take an internal look at how we're advancing these women. And is there a lot of women leaving, advancing, or are we retaining them? And then number six, I am an advocate of fair and equal pay for fair and equal work. And so how to close that gender gap, companies have to turn the mirror on themselves to see if once again, they're financially compensating women at the same rate that they are for men, making sure that they keep good performers. So these seven indicators are ways that companies can measure their impact and their metrics regarding women and the gender gap. They need to turn the mirrors and it sounds like they also need to do the work. There's no shortcut. You got to roll up your sleeves. You know, you just listed seven. We're going to get some more tips in a second because we are about to hit Dr. White's wisdom, (laughs) but there are no shortcuts. You can't cut through the backwoods, you know, over the fence, through the neighbor's yard to get there. You got to take the streets and do the work and there are no shortcuts. There's also no substitute for Dr. White's wisdom. So let's go right (laughs) to that. This is the part I know you know, where we learn from you what specific tactics can or should business leaders take to address our issue of the day. So sum it up for us, please, Alex. Are women managers burning out and what can and should business leaders, women and men, do about it? Women are burning out, but there is hope on the horizon. We all love hope. (laughs) Yes. And so I want to break down this part in two sections. On the macro level, what leaders and company-wide initiatives can do, but I want to put some ownership on women, especially. So leaders, company execs, you can conduct meetings with women leaders, staff members from all aspects of the company about their specific needs. I mean, everyone from administrative assistants to your C-suite, talking to them about meeting times and childcare needs. According to Harvard Business Review, empathy is the most important trait for successful business leaders. We always have time for small talk, right? Sometimes speaking about non-work-related topics 
allows women to show up and talk about issues that are related to them. Specifically, you will be able to get that aspect of important issues related to women. Take the opportunity to listen. An opportunity to listen. Assign collaborative tasks that build morale and collegiality. Making sure that women are on these group projects, company projects, stretch assignments. Nourish peers with recognition and gratitude. Use micro affirmation. And I tell leaders all the time, make sure you tailor recognition to your staff. Some people like cards. Some people like an email. Some people like a Starbucks gift card. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Who could those people be? Mentor sponsor women. We've mentioned it before. This last statement is very important because it's important for leaders to not make assumptions. I'm talking about maybe a woman who has just had a child and maybe her immediate supervisor says, oh, she wouldn't want that assignment when she comes back from maternity leave. She probably wants to put emphasis on being a mother. Take it easy. Or, wants to ease back in. You know, wants she, to ease back yeah. in. Or I can't have her go on these assignments or travel to this partner's office because we need to restrict her travel because she's a new mother. Please don't make assumptions. One, it could be illegal. And two, it does nothing to decrease the gender gap and provide opportunities for women. I also would think it takes away the agency from the woman herself, from that employee herself. Yes. So that goes to my second part. As a woman, I'm constantly making sure that I'm able to take power. I am able to advocate for myself and women. And so the last part of Dr. White's wisdom is I'm speaking to women at this point. Be mindful of when you are stressed, your attitude and how you're communicating with others. Because as we know, we're dealing with a lot of emotional work and dealing with that. We've got to prioritize our health, making sure we're getting enough sleep, eating and exercise as well. Find something to fill your tank that can help you be a more productive person and help with all of these intersectionalities of your identity. And so in closing, why does all this matter? I know some people think it's not my responsibility to make sure that my colleagues are not burned out or that they're an inclusive company or workspace, but it's the business case. It's the retention of employees. And it's just the overall good thing to do as we navigate our current times. There is a lot there. What I like as well is you outline not only what leaders can do, but I would imagine that those points that you outlined that women can do for themselves, a good leader can also remind any employee, hey, there are things that you can do for yourself. Do them. Don't be concerned. Do the things that Dr. White outlined. As always, a great list of advice, and I'm going to take one of them that you mentioned right now. I think we've hit our hard stop. Alex, (laughs) Dr. White, thank you for this conversation. I look forward to our next one. All right. Thank you, Chris.